hanging around, hanging around. Kids got alligator blood. Welcome to the Six Podcast. This is the host of the machine, Pablo Petrucci. There's a lot to talk about. I've been somewhat missing um, because having two herniated discs uh, definitely slows you down. It's a bit. It's been a bit weird. I mentioned this earlier um, that 2016 has been a fucking strange year. Um, one of the things that, uh, makes this such a strange year is, okay, I'm going to be talking about three things today, kind of all in one, which is Thanksgiving just happened. Um, Trump is in the news as always. And my sort of personal professional life is sort of really in a flux right now, which is kind of exciting and kind of terrifying because it's it's in such a state of flux that 2016 could be the best year of my life and it could also be the worst year of my life (laughs) I don't know you know um and so one of the things that you know if you're Canadian you just had Thanksgiving one of the things that astounds me about uh, Trump is is his the, the the way in which his antics uh, overtake conversations. Um, I can't remember the last time I was in a family get together like Thanksgiving. I got all these you know seeing all my family we're all together at my parents' house and. Um, you know, there's, there's a, it just, it was inevitable, you know, there's this inevitable feeling where you just know sooner or later, the conversation is going to go towards politics and Trump in particular. Um, I, I really can't remember that happening before where it was just like people just find themselves like they can't help but talk about him. Even now, the way I'm talking about him now, there's something infuriating about it, about the fact that his antics, you know, as as everyone knows, or virtually everyone knows, um, Trump was recorded in 2005 uh, basically thinking that sexual assault is funny. And uh, uh, this, it's, it's, one of the things that's interesting about that is that that was in 2005. You know, that guy has never lost his job. He's never gone to jail. He's never, um, he's essentially faced no repercussions of any kind other than like probably suing people or people suing him, which clearly doesn't affect him in any meaningful way. So here you have a guy who's who's talking in such a grotesque manner and really making light of things that, um, uh, making light of, uh, sexual assault. And, uh, so, you know, just someone in that level of power, it's disturbing that someone with that level of power thinks something like that is funny. And, um, it really puts into perspective 
uh, how much people with money and power can get away with, how much you can just sort of carry on through life being a horrible, disgusting human being and no one really does anything. And, and not only that, but like that they have this this voice and this this um, a position within the social hierarchy, which is that someone like Trump ought to be sort of either in jail or worried about being in jail. And instead, he is the presidential nominee. It's in not only that, the presidential nominee for the most powerful country in the world. It's disturbing. It's really disturbing. So I, in a way, I get why someone like him uh, dominates the conversations because it, it really, it really sort of sheds light on the fact that um, horrible, disgusting human beings can attain obscene levels of power. I mean, I, in a way, I think it sheds light on the fact that's already been true even before Trump. Um, there are there is enough to learn about someone like Bill Clinton to know that. Trump isn't the first asshole to gain that level of power. Um, someone like Bill Clinton, who was uh, accused of rape, not uh, not once, but more than once. And, um, and it's interesting how that is never really sort of um, talked about, or sort of it's kind of covered up in... Uh, left-wing circles or so-called left-wing circles but either way the point my point is simply that um trump is disturbing but he brings uh, attention to something that's that i think we should already know which is he's not the first asshole to get to his position do you know what i mean and uh the only difference is is he's getting caught more often like he's there's a lot more verbal <clears throat> recordings or there's verbal evidence of him being an asshole um i think people who wanted to get into power or who have done so they're much better hiding it because they've been like a guy like ted cruz probably does a better job of hiding how much of an asshole he really even when he hides it he just looks smarmy and disgusting but um but even like someone like bill clinton is, is was much more adept at at disguising um, his grotesque behavior, whereas someone like Trump probably wasn't thinking about becoming uh, president of the United States, and so it was a lot more um, just uh, shooting from the hip, so to speak, and just saying whatever idiotic thing pops into his head. Although I'm not really sure because um, maybe he has been thinking about it this whole time and just doesn't care. I mean, certainly his campaign demonstrates that he doesn't really care how the public uh, responds because it seems like the more inflammatory he is, the more popular he becomes. So I, I don't know, maybe he just, maybe he doesn't see it as being reckless. He sees it as being infamous and that infamy leads to success. And if Kim Kardashian is an example, that would be the example. Being infamous leads to a very sort of successful career, which is, it's, you know, it might be disturbing in the sense that we might be reaching a phase where, where politicians don't need to hide their asshole behavior. We might be reaching a phase where uh, 
where people are just going to become more accepting of it. You know what I mean? Which is in its own way kind of disturbing. Anyway, so there we are. Thanksgiving. Can't eat, you know, turkey and mashed potatoes without Trump coming up. It, it was really, I thought it was really interesting. Hopefully, the, I, the only thing I hope is that if there's one positive that comes out of it, it's that it forces the average person to be a bit more invested in politics and a little more invested in trying to understand what's going on behind the scenes. Because um, in a way, part of the reason someone like Trump gets to where he is is because there's a history of not really being personally invested in politics by the masses. Um, you know, the masses just don't really know what's going on, and they don't even know that they don't know, to paraphrase Chomsky. So that was my Thanksgiving. <laughs> I stayed away from it because I read more about politics than the rest of my family does. I don't know about you guys, but I read so much that it's it I I actually don't want to get involved in the discussions. I just sort of avoid them at the uh at the Thanksgiving table. Uh just because you become a party pooper in a way, and I don't like being that guy. So uh, that's Thanksgiving and Trump ruining Thanksgiving. Thanks a lot, you fucking asshole. And, um, well, I'm just kidding. I enjoyed it. Um, and the other thing is, is, is yeah, like, like, so the screenplay that I wrote that I've been talking about for a while might actually get made. There's a legitimate chance that it's going to get made. It's going to, the film will be made next year, which is really, really exciting. And, um... I'm now in the process of looking for funding. We're now in the process of trying to understand how the, the, how the mechanics work of taking something from, a, from an idea and a script to something that's physically realized. And, and so this is a really like, um, again, an exciting time for me because I'm starting to get, uh, I'm privy to things that I would have never been uh, uh, part of, I'm starting to see some of the some of these um, inner workings of what it means or what it takes to get a film made. Who are the people involved, and what kind of strategies and sales pitches do you need to have in order to take an idea and make it a reality? So, it's really really exciting, and I'm really. So far, I mean, I don't want to jinx it. And part of the reason I don't talk about it too much here is because um, I'm worried about being disappointed. Um, one of the difficult aspects of the entertainment industry, especially if you're in my situation where you're really still in that struggling artist phase, um, one of the difficult parts of it, and there are many difficult sides to it, but one of one of the aspects that makes it so difficult is how quickly um, projects can get dismantled and discarded. It, it can happen really, really quickly. People can flake out on you. Um, people can change their minds. Uh, all it takes for somebody in a position of somewhat power, some power, I guess, all it takes is for them to no longer believe in the idea or or to believe in another idea more than yours, and then you're back to square one. 
And it's so relationships and meetings are so ephemeral at, at this stage in the game, at this early sort of constructive stage of the game. Uh, it's so ephemeral that you, if you emotionally invest in something, you, you know, more likely, more often than not, you're going to get disappointed. So um, that's part of the difficulty. One of the things that I think is important uh, for artists uh, and struggling artists to consider is is um, the ability to be Zen. Uh, I think there's a, there's a lot to be said for developing the kind of mindset where you approach situations with equanimity because in these situations where your life can go in one direction very clearly, you know, one where you go from just writing a script to actually having a movie made and getting a producing credit, uh, which as of right now, that's what it looks like. But, you know, in four months, who knows? I might, I might, nothing might ever get made. And uh, I'm back to square one in a way. Although I guess I have something on my resume. So something good is going to come out of this. But, you know, in a way, you, you really don't know. And so... Uh, I do think that there's there's a there's a unique importance in in equanimity and and staying zen in the world of art particularly in the world of art it seems like it's more necessary because it's again so so um so intangible and uh um that you you really just don't know what's going to get made and what isn't your life might get better or might stay exactly the same might get worse and that hope and anticipation and then having those things dashed uh is so difficult to deal with there's such a roller coaster it's very hard for people to handle those things i've just become i've just gotten to the point where i'm so accustomed to disappointments that i'm i'm just not affected anymore it's like i've been you know, it's like a fighter. If you you punch a punching bag or, you know, a brick wall so many times that first you're bleeding and then eventually you just don't feel anything. Your knuckles just don't feel anything. You know, or somebody hits you in the face and at first you're like crying and then by the hundredth um, fight, you just don't feel the same way when you get hit. It's just you're you become a bit numb and desensitized, which sounds terrible, really. <laughs> But there's some value in in being able to detach yourself and not be so emotionally invested in circumstances because your your view is more uh, linked to the panorama of circumstances rather than the particulars. So I don't know. I hope I have good news in the next you know six months. Uh, but so far things have been going all right. So my script. Uh, which is a comedy taking place in Sicily. Well, it's sort of like a romantic comedy drama, really. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's looking positive so far. So that's better than talking about Trump. Anyway, I will talk to you guys soon. I uh, hope you guys enjoy your week. And for the Americans, they are going to be wondering, why am I talking about Thanksgiving? I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.